0: And welcome to The Big View Ski My name is Owen, there's Rory And Rory We often say how excited we are about our guests on the show And obviously we love everybody who comes on to the show That's not true But, uh, yeah, well I have to say it anyway Just so that we keep getting nice people Coming on to the show anyway So sure. if you could just even pretend for a couple of minutes That'd be fantastic
1: Thank Okay, you. hang on, hang on, um, hang on
0: Yeah, <laughs> big yourself up here, here we go Yeah
1: I've enjoyed every every guest we've had on The Big music.
0: <laughs> I've enjoyed every single second of all of this. Um, but this guy, genuinely uh, we've both had the pleasure to talk to him. You were talking to him uh, for a brand new show, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty mm. um, which is coming to Sky and now, or it's actually available to watch right now but it is of course the wonderful, the amazing John C. Riley, who he's just the most cuddly, lovable, honorary Irishman you've ever met in your life. I mean, were you excited about
1: chatting to him? Yeah, like I, it's it's interesting talking to him because you, you said there we, we've both talked to him before. So you had him, I know, for, was it Kong Skull Island?
0: Yes. And did yeah, you had him for
1: an anchor man or a, 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 what a, no, no, nothing else? I can't, no, no. I think it was just the, the Kong Skull Island from a few years back. So I had him for Stan and Ollie. Uh, also a few years back, uh, which was an odd interview because it took place on the stage in the th- in the Olympia. In an was there a live
0: studio? Was there a live audience? Thousands of people cheering you on?
1: No, no. There's thousands this of people just sitting in complete silence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so th- so we both chatted to him before, so we we know he's he's very he's a very nice guy, very amiable, very likable, very uh, naturally charming. Um, but the thing is, uh, and I feel like I have to point this out for. Uh, people who who are famously funny they're not when you chat to them they take their work very very seriously so people might expect that like if you sit down with you know a famous comedian person they're not zingers they're not like one-liners and zingers and like massively funny all the time they they take what they do very very seriously and I, I I really appreciate that there is that kind of dichotomy between you know who they are on screen, and they are so naturally funny in on TV and in movies. And then when you chat to them about their work, they're like, this isn't a joke to me. This is... This uh, is my life. My, this is my job. This is my, And I'm really, really good at it. And he is really, really good at it. And people also forget about John C. Riley is that before he was Step Brothers and before he was Talladega Nights and before all of that, he was perceived to be a very serious actor. He was in, like, uh, Chicago. He was in uh, Magnolia and Boogie Nights. So, like, he... Is a tremendous dramatic actor as well, and I think this new show, Winning Time, kind of marries the two aspects of who he is to the public together. Because uh, he in this he is very funny, but he also has to sell the shit out of some very dramatic scenes based on uh, based on the true story of the LA Lakers back in the nineteen eighties. He's playing Jerry Buss, who uh, essentially bought the team, the NBA team, uh, when they were at their lowest. And tried to completely turn it around into this, what became, uh, you know, one of the most successful teams of the decade. And it was the same time that uh, they hired or they uh, drafted um, Magic Johnson onto the team. So it was a very important time for the sport and for the the men involved in this as well. So there's there's a lot going on and it's coming from Adam McKay, who O'Reilly had previously worked with, or c Riley had previously worked with on not and Talladega Nights, but McKay now has become this other kind of filmmaker who, he's the guy who's produced Succession and he's the guy who's being Oscar nominated for uh, The Big Short and Don't Look Up and The Vice. So he's this other type of filmmaker now. And it's interesting that like who we spoke to uh, all those years ago, uh, John C. Riley from the, the comedic support from Kong Skull Island and the uh, the Stan and Ollie movie is now working with the same director that kind of introduced this funny guy to the world, and now they're both working on this other thing that's very, very dramatic, and very serious. So, yeah, there's there's uh, there's a lot to talk about.
0: A lot to talk about. I one of my favorite things about Hollywood in general is whenever comedians do. Make that change to uh, like the dramatic side of things, or as you said, you know, John C. Reilly, the other way around, he was doing dramatic roles previously anyway. Because the same thing happened, like somebody like Steve Carell. Anytime they do it, it's such, and they always say, like, you know, it's it's you know, comedians seem to lend themselves better to picking up those dramatic roles as opposed to somebody being overly dramatic and then trying their hand uh, at comedy as well. And then yeah. it also reminds me of just the start of uh, finding Nemo whenever anytime anyone finds out that Marlon's a clownfish, they're like hey you're a clownfish! tell us a joke (laughs) and it's like it's exactly like that when you actually get to talk to a comedian as well but um in terms of like all of that all the acting amazing as well I know he did say he is honorary Irishman as well he was people obviously would have seen him recently um singing like really like he loves singing in his films and stuff anyway but um you know, singing uh, on the Late Late Show, and because he was was he, he was like the special like guest of honor or grand marshal or whatever it is for the twenty twenty two St Patrick's Day parade. And remember, we we were talking about it uh, a few years ago. Whenever he was uh, in Kong Skull Island, he actually revealed back then that he had applied for or was in the process of applying for his actual Irish citizenship as well. So it's amazing. Like he he just he loves. Us and yeah. we love him so. Like, listen, I'm happy to be in this relationship with John C. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, like he he's over a lot because he shot the lobster over here. He shot uh, some of Stadi- Stan and Ollie over here. So, like, he he loves the country. When I was doing this interview, he was in the west somewhere, um, still enjoying his Irish vacation. So, yeah, he he absolutely loves it over here. And you'll hear at the end of this interview, he he tells this beautiful, like, properly staggeringly beautiful story about how much he loves Ireland. It is, it's tremendous. Like just hearing an outsider's perspective because, you know, for, inside from Ireland, we can be a bit like, like everything's, everything's kind of crap. But then someone comes along with an outsider's perspective and it's like, no, no, let me, I like sure. There are some things that are crap, but let me tell you, <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh So we have that full uh, conversation about how much he loves Ireland. A lot of talk about winning time and, uh, you know the global appeal of what you might think is just a specifically american story and since you worked with adam mckay i did bring up if there is any chance at all Please. that john c riley might make an appearance in succession so all of that and loads more
0: that would be that would be incredible if he was in that um and again even though i know you're saying like you know there's a lot of crap going on here in ireland stuff as well but there is nothing that we absolutely love more is than people fawning over us so (laughs) i for one cannot wait to hear this uh this is john c Riley on the big review ski
1: john how are you doing today very good thank you what part of ireland are you in at the moment i'm out west Oh, I'm out east, so we'll have to meet up another time for for a pint. It's it's not. I'll problem. see you halfway. Yeah, yeah, we'll meet right in the middle. We get a good point in there. Um, congratulations on winning time. Um, I watched the first two episodes uh, ahead of this chat, and it feels very different to what I I guess a lot of people uh, would expect from a John C. Riley character, in that he is so profoundly good at. Hustling, and he's so uniquely confident. In even when things aren't going his way, he almost gets his way just by smiling his way through. Which is such an but endearing you think character Do You think
2: that's different than me, Rory?
1: I, no, no, not from John, not from John himself, but from like I guess the, I mean, the more to tell you the truth.
2: The part reminds me of Boogie Nights. It reminds me of it reminds me of, of stuff that I've done before, but it's sort of a, an amalgamation of a lot of different things. You're right. It, it's definitely a leap a leap in terms of like what you've seen me do before but um i think a good one and i felt like i was really suited to this character in a lot of ways personally um you know like his the belief in the power of positive thinking and his refusal to hear negative thoughts or to have people try to slow him down like that's very much the way i am too you know like you don't come from the south side of Chicago and make it in LA and make 80 movies or whatever I've done without a lot of people underestimating you along the way. And a lot of people telling you, ah, oh, well, this, you won't do that. You won't be able to do this or that. And you just learn, you know, the only person who really knows me is me. And the only person who knows what I can do is me. Um, so it's these moments, like when you play a character like this and shooting this show was like making five movies back to back. Mm-hmm. 10 hours of material, you know? So having that kind of attitude, really, when you're coming into a big project like this, is really, it's really what gets you through it, you know? You just have to have faith every day that you can do it. Um, and that was very much what Jerry must have been going through when this when this team was coming together.
1: Yeah, because the, the character of Jerry is such a... I, I, I would have thought like incorrectly as it turns out that like the NBA was such an American institution but after The Last Dance blew up like globally like Ireland's I had no idea there were so many Irish fans of the NBA until that documentary came out and I think it would be the same for Winning Time in that people have a naturally uh, kind of positive interest in the sport and and maybe <clears throat> this story isn't as globally known as it might be within America. So it'll, it'll actually find a new audience here for people who might not be know the intricacies of it. But what does he think about specifically Jerry's story or even, you know, the kind of drama behind the NBA that does give global audiences such, a, such an interest in it?
2: Yeah, um, it's funny because, you know, this story is it's very well known in L.A., Mm -hmm. And the rivalry between Magic and Larry Bird is very well known nationally in America. But the actual story behind the scenes of this team is not very well known in America. And the kind of amazing thing as the show has been rolling out and it's had great success already in America the first few weeks we've been airing there. The amazing thing is um, people, one after the other, people say, I don't even care about basketball. I don't know anything about basketball. I'm not even into sports and I love this show um, because the show is really about what it feels like to be in those intense situations, you know, not so much about what team won or what the statistics of a game were. Um, it's, It's more about what does it feel like to be a kid from rural Michigan come to LA who is this gifted, who's gifted at this sport and like, what would that feel like, you know? What would it feel like to suddenly have the attention of the entire country on you as you're trying to win these games? And what would it feel like to leverage everything, my character to leverage everything you have in the whole world? It's it's like, it's like gambling, you know, and Jerry loved to gamble. He was a great poker player, but I think there's something about, um, you know, the show is called winning time and who doesn't like to win, you know? (laughs) So I think, uh, I think audiences in Ireland and, and all over the world are gonna find the human story of this really surprising. you know. Mm-hmm. And they'll go into it maybe with, a, with some knowledge or a lot of knowledge or no knowledge of basketball. And I think the drama of it and the true story of this miracle that happened between 1979 and 1980, um, it's going to be really a compelling thing for people to check out, I think.
1: Well, one of the, one of the things that like makes it stand out a bit, and it's something that I know uh, Adam McKay does a bit more with uh, some of his recent movies, is breaking that fourth wall, is talking to the camera, and it's it's such a handy like narrative way to get it, get points across to the audience in a, in a shorthand instead of having to you know it's 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 tell don't show, which is great, but I understand. Uh, that can be like Michael Shannon. I read was like I he had difficulties breaking that fourth wall. Uh, how was that for you? Do you have? Did you find that? I guess different or difficult. Yeah, in the, it's not for everybody.
2: Off? That you know, it's not for everybody because. And my, myself, you know, I've I've been doing movies since 1988, and like pretty much the golden rule of movies is don't look at the camera. <laughs> so. I think though playing Oliver Hardy and Stan and Ollie kind of prepped me for this thing of looking right in the camera and you know Adam loves, Adam uses that a lot in his films you know and I personally find it uh, a lot easier to talk to a character called the audience to tell them some factual information or to give them some context than I do I much prefer that to having to get through some exposition in the monologue that explains the backstory, you know, in this kind of, you know, while I'm supposedly talking to someone else in, in the middle of a scene, uh, you know, exposition is really, those are heavy buckets to carry. <laughs> sure. So uh, this was a really great way to get the kind of context across to the audience, but it also brings the audience in, in a very intimate way. Like you're connected to me when I, when I'm talking to you like that. And you're almost like a part of the show or part of the story. You're my witness. You see Mm -hmm. what I'm going through here, you know? Um, And it gives the show like an irreverence. It gives it an unpredictability. And it gives an intimacy, you know, that that would not, I know it wouldn't be there if we didn't have that in, in the show.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree in that. I th- it almost happens immediately. It's I think it might be one of the very first shots as you in the bed talking yeah, to it is, us yeah. above you both. So it does immediately kind of we are leaning forward to hear what Jerry has to say. Um, You're not
2: sure he's talking to you yet. <laughs> right?
1: That's true. You're like, trying the to talk to the girl, <laughs> but she's
2: kind of asleep or whatever, yeah.
1: Um but just in regards to that, like I know Adam directed uh, the first episode and the last time you two worked together was, I think, Step Brothers, which was 14 years ago, like for a proper uh, I was in Anchorman too, but yes, mm-hmm. of, of course, as the ghosts of uh, uh but just in terms of, like of an actual, I guess, big role being directed by Adam. And now 14 years later, this is a very different project. Uh, Has it been that long? Wow. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> um, just in terms of like working with him under a, with a different tone, with a different, like how has your relationship progressed in terms of who you both were working on Step Brothers to who you both are now working on this, what feels to me, very different project?
2: Well, we both have matured in different ways. You know, Adam has really come into his own as one of the greatest filmmakers in the world right now. I think, you know, what he can do with storytelling and what he can do with the medium of film is there's very few people who can do it like Adam, um, and in the 14 years, which I still can't believe it's been that long since Step Brothers, I've done a lot of work that has kind of um, empowered me to, to, to make to take bigger chances, and uh, I've been given more leading roles since I did Step Brothers, and I'm just more used to that leadership position. You know, it took me mm-hmm. a long time to accept that people saw me as a, a, as a leader, you know, but as I get older, you realize, you know, I'm on a movie set or television set and I look around like I'm the oldest person on the set usually. And I'm all 100% of the time, I'm the most experienced person on the set, you know, just by the sheer number of films that I've done. So I've had to really kind of own it, you know, like, all right, well, this is my position. This is not that I get lost in like, you know, get drunk with power of being in that position but you do have to honor it and you have to honor people's people's view of you you know and this jerry is a leader he's like you know a real leader in this show he they wouldn't have been able to pull it off i don't think if they didn't have jerry saying we can do it yes we can yes we can how can we do it what can we do like what are what are our moves here you know like I love that. And I love striding onto the set every day in that shirt, open those glasses and that gold chain. they are (laughs) like, all right, everybody, you know, like even if people were tired or we had a rough day before or whatever it is, you're like, let's go, baby. Time to go. You know, like that positivity is just really infectious. You know, and I think I think the crew and the cast just really loved that I would come barnstorming in there, you know, like refuse and refuse to be, you know, told to
1: settle down, you know. Well, yeah, like it, it, it means a lot, I guess, to to be that person who elevates the mood. Like if you are, say, the, the most senior person there, then you are kind of setting the tone for everyone. So if you come in in a happy yeah. mood, then everyone would be like, well, I've got to raise, raise it and up to me." Some,
2: some of these actors on the show, some of their first work. So they yeah. literally don't know how is this supposed to go, you know? And I realized, like, I have a big responsibility there to show a good example, to show you know, a constructive way of, of moving through the day of filmmaking.
1: Well, I just, I noticed again, because it's, it's Adam McKay and because it's, it, your character is such a, a fantastic hustler in this and Adrian Brody's involved in this and he was in Succession. Like it kind of clued into my head. I was like, surely John C. Reilly could appear in an episode of Succession as as, as a fantastic <laughs> modern day wall street uh hustler has like has that never <laughs> come up i'm definitely a hustler i mean
2: you don't get as far as i have in this business without hustling and adapting and and challenging yourself and trying to be different things but um i don't know like maybe i would appear on there as dr jerry bus that would be funny if he rolled through because you know dr bus lived to 2014 i'm not sure when to tell you that you haven't seen succession but um uh i assume it's I assume it's still going. It's pretty in modern day, yeah. What the time period is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I can't let you go without discussing some Irish stuff because uh, yeah. you were literally, you were like our St. Patrick's Day icon uh, last <laughs> week. You were fronting the I really parade. Did, I really did
2: embrace it, didn't I? Yeah. You,
1: you got to do what very few people in the planet get to do, which is both like front- ireland's biggest parade and the biggest one we've had in three years because of everything that's been going on and then appeared on the late late show and sang raglan road and i i cannot tell you the amount while rover and (laughs) while rover but your pardon of course so like you are having the the quintessential ultimate irish experience it's it's incredible just to sit back and watch how much fun you appear to be having just living oh, your yeah. best Irish life.
2: <laughs> I honestly was pinching myself all week. I just couldn't believe because I've I've invested in Ireland uh, as a person. You know, like I come back here a lot and I love Ireland. I love, you know, what I realized this time. And yes, it was a good crack and all that. And um, and of course, getting to be on the late late to have the attention of the entire nation like that. You can't do that in America. There's no television show in America that gets you 70% of the country watching. (laughs) So it was a really special thing. I've like, you know, I've got, I've got the ear of the nation here. Like, what do I want to say? And I felt like I, it was a great moment to reflect back what is great about Ireland. You know, um, there's a certain cynicism here with all the Patty stuff, you know, um, and especially the kind of romantic notions that Irish Americans have about Ireland. But, um, you know, so many people have come up to me since that late, late appearance, um, that I had the nerve to sing, you know, uh, and that I said things like, you know, St. Patrick's Day is not just about drinking, it's about a celebration of Irish culture, and and it belittles Ireland to say that it's only about drinking. Um, People, that really resonated with people, and, You know, as I moved through Ireland after St. Patrick's Day, so many people came up to me, young, old, and in between, saying, like, I really loved what you said. You know, you're a beautiful singer, and I love hearing that. But um, more important to me was uh, was the fact that people noticed what I said about the importance of Irish culture and poetry and music and literature. Um, uh, And what I realized, you know, I always thought, like, well... I'm Irish American, I'm from Chicago, that's why I love Ireland. But this time, in this world moment, when we're looking at the threat to democracy in so many different places and the real dark moment for some people all over the world, you know, it was a little bit tricky going to do a parade in Ireland when all of that was going on. But I, I made the decision, you know, joy is an important part of human strength, and we can't let these dark, the darkness of of the world extinguished, extinguished something like, like the St. Patrick's Day festival in Dublin, you know, people really needed that. We Mm -hmm. needed it. Um, And what I realized in this moment with democracy in the world, what I realized was that Ireland's DNA has liberation at the center of it. Liberation, self-reliance, freedom, democracy, You've got a great little democracy here, you know? So sometimes it takes a cheeky American to say these things, you know? And I was happy to be that for people.
1: Now, like, again, uh, it, it was just seeing you enjoy yourself uh, at the, like the apex of what our Irish culture is perceived to be. And also saying these, that beautiful thing you just said there, and also singing so beautifully on national television, of course. Uh, yeah, it's, I it's got the just, biggest uh,
2: hug. I got the biggest hug from Michael Higgins when I arrived on the grandstand. I thought, "Oh, hello, Mr. President!" I took my cap off. Hello, Mr. President! I was just put my hand out and he just wrapped me up with a bear hug, <laughs> squeezed me like that. I was like, oh, man, like that's—he's a great hugger. I'll say that. You know, I really felt like the whole country was hugging me when when Michael Higgins embraced me like that.
1: Well, deep down we were, John. Uh, Thank you so so. much for your time today. And we will meet in the middle of the country and get that point. Sounds good. Nice to talk to you. You too.
0: The wonderfully charming John C. Riley there talking to the equally wonderfully charming mm. Rory Cash in there about winning time, the rise of the Lakers dynasty. So remind us, Rory, where can we watch this show again?
1: It is available to watch on Now with a Now Entertainment Pass, and I think it's also available on Sky Atlantic and maybe one of the, one of the Sky other Max. Maybe I'm not sure. One of the other Skies. Check it out yourself. I don't know, but Now primarily uh, at the time. Of this recording, I think the first four episodes are available to watch and then the rest of the season will be arriving uh, each Monday going forward until the season's over. So I think there's four more to go if I have done my math right. Um, It's very good. It's very entertaining. Um, It is a great marriage of John C. Reilly's kind of effortless charm and uh, Adam McKay's kind of unique fourth wall breaking Filmmaking. He loves it when people talk to the camera. Now he loves that. Um, so there's a lot of that in this. He just like John C. Reilly explaining complicated basketball situations directly to you. Uh, just remember like the Margot way Margot Robbie. I in was a about bath. to say, like, if you're going to listen to anyone explain complicated uh, banking terms, it's Margot Robbie in a bath. So if if anyone's going to explain complicated basketball terms and you're going to sit up and pay attention, it's John C. John Reilly. Reilly in the bath. It's not in a bath, but he he, oh, he is he is topless a lot in the show. So you know, there's uh, You know, this fans. Well,
0: do you find yourself with a newfound love of basketball now?
1: No, but I do have <laughs> uh, an appreciation for the sport. But I will never ever watch it or any other sport.
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, Rory, I always have an appreciation for you. So thank you as ever. Thank you. Uh, thank you to John C. Riley. Thank you to Sound Dan on Sound. And thank you to also Sound Cormac on Sound as well. Thank you to everybody for listening and subscribing to the show. And listen, we love you, love you lots. And we'll see you the next time. All right, all right. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye.